Warm Oceania greetings to everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And today we have the beautiful, majestic Gemma Major. What is your bio the way Gemma wants to say it? Like, yeah, introduce yourself. Yes. And what are your pronouns? Okay, so kia ora. My name is Gemma Major and I use she, her pronouns. I am probably dreaming. Mm. I'm a Pisces. Yes. I'm a mother. Mm. I'm a wife. I'm a lover of people. Yeah. And I am me. Mm. Honestly, I feel like there were so many like ways I could have taken that as well, which is really, um, how do I say this? It's like you've scoped it down but really opened it up as well, which is the beauty of it. I'm like, mm, okay, I see. What, whatever you get away, you get away. You know, it's, it's, it's yours. So good, so good. Um, okay, so I guess, yeah, tell us about the um, various communities you've been connected to like, and don't limit it to just the now. Think about your past as well in terms of mm. high school, primary school and even your upbringing with your Hofano, and then just up until now. So the whole genealogy of your um, life. Yeah. The, the various communities and community you're, you've been attached to. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and how are you, can I dive into a little bit around like how you are describing community and communities mm. a little yeah, more? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like what does that mean in this context? Um, it means exactly what you want it to mean. Ooh. So to me it doesn't, so we're not limited. So that's why we really love that your mind is actually, um, so wherever your intelligence is right now and wherever that dictates what community is for you and isn't for you is a learning journey for all of us. So to me, I feel like you can limit it to the conditioning of just being like, okay, the, so true. Yeah. Yeah, the community and communities are this and this and this, or otherwise you could really blow our consciousness away. Be like, um, excuse me, communities and community is different plants within a forest. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, yeah. So please understand that there's, wait, if you're looking for a limit, you won't find the limit it. The limit does there. not exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess in a way, yeah. So creative okay. freedom, dive in the deep. Okay, I actually don't rem. If I'm being really honest, I really don't remember too much from like primary school or high school. I feel like I feel like I really started to realize who I was in high school, maybe. Mm. Um, and I would say that yeah, probably from the age of about fourteen, I started to experience mental distress in an extreme form. And, um, yeah, then probably by the age of about 17, experienced pretty bad addiction, drug addiction. So I think having been part of, like, like the mental health and addiction community since I was a teen, um, definitely a space that I've been familiar with and journeyed with over many years. And I would say that the addiction has manifested into different forms, some that society accepts, some that society doesn't over the last... 14 years um and yeah I think different seasons of mental distress from bipolar to schizophrenia to um anxiety psychosis yeah different periods of different things as well um and I feel like on a more higher vibe note mm -hmm. <laughs> go there, go there. on a different note 
I am a young person and I feel really deeply connected to community of young people um, and communities of young people, in particular in our region. Um, deeply, deeply connected to the dreams of young people that I get to meet all the time um, and the challenges as well that exist in that space. I am also a mother and I feel like in that space um, I've really had to transform what I believed motherhood looks like and sounds Mm. like and create something for me that feels good and in alignment for the, the, like, realist version of me. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Is that enough? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you asking us? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm working on that. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually my my biggest work on right now. Mm. Like, what is enough? Mm. Like, overcoming the limiting belief of I am not enough Mm. and getting some new programming in place, so... There we go. Hashtag exposed. (laughs) What does that new programming look like for you? It means deciding who I am and deciding who I need to become to realise my potential and to be of service through doing that. Yeah. So it's about stop, you know, stopping all the programming that's running around not being enough. Um, Oh, just so much dumb shit and mm. going cool that served me to this point and what mm-hmm. are the gifts that I got from that and moving forward who is it that I need to become to realize my potential and own my space and take up space as that person um, and then what are the steps that I'm going to take to get there what are the new beliefs that I'll have in place that will support that version of myself mm, mm. and how will I be reminded daily of them so I do a lot of future self journaling which is really powerful to get there. Like, who am I becoming? What are the affirmations that I'll say each day? What does it feel like? Um, What are the opportunities today to be that person? Mm. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so the the future scripting has been really helpful for that. But it's, um, yeah, it's like 28 years of, yeah, unraveling and then recreating. So, Mm. And it's probably been the one that's been the thread throughout of I'm not enough. But through that... Um, there's been so many gifts of like, um, yeah, like being able to build something like Seed Waikathal, which has been insane, um, a, a massive journey and being able to show up for people in different ways that maybe I couldn't have in other ways or other programming or, um, and I think, I think mostly though, it's about empathy. Like I, I have a real empathy for others that experience that limiting belief because I know what it feels like. And I know for me what I need in order to overcome it. And so by embodying that and being that for others gives them a new reference point of what it could look like to overcome it. Mm. And so, yeah, I think to alchemize my own pain and suffering to, you know, like for it to be, you know, like this is my truth, this is me healing it. And through that, I get to show up for people and be of service in any mm. way so yeah. and in a way because you're so like i guess i'm just assuming here but because you're so tuned in on, on who you are and who you could be and what you you want and, and in terms of self-determining and being autonomous in that space it doesn't take effort to model that 
and and the ripple effects of that is just like almost like you don't even know that the ripple effects are going wide left right center reverse upside down like like it's just manifesting in so many different ways and is that like is is that the goal or is that um technically the goal for everybody at the same time or i think it's wanting to inspire people to recognize what is it within themselves that they do have power, autonomy and control over mm. that they can build a relationship with to accept, bring awareness to, heal, transform and evolve mm. so that they can be of service as well and realise their fullest potential and their truest expression of self. And so I think for me by by being maybe a bit more vulnerable and open about my commitment to the relationship with the inner world and the relationship with um, my own challenges and also my own dreams to really express and communicate what is it that enables you to recognize where I am now, where I want to go is different and what are the steps to go on the path in between. And it's not the same for everyone. Yeah, Everyone's journey will be different. But I think it's wanting to like normalize that process and mm. bring more awareness to it that we actually do have a lot of um, power within us to overcome significant challenges and mm. we so often give our power away. And, um, and there are absolutely structures in place that cause oppression and are oppressing so it's to not, reach. It, it's not to deny that it's yeah. to reclaim mm. personal power and responsibility for what I can control and what I can do and then by doing that inspiring other people to do that for themselves as well you know yeah does that make sense 100% yeah. oh, okay <laughs> I don't think I've ever really talked about it like this before no yeah. it's landed so definitely landed on my fields and I think in some ways I can hear your story with other like great people that I like I, I uplift and as as like these heroes when I was a child and even when and when um like the last five years I've probably been looking at my heroes as like upwards and listening to your story like I'm like this actually it's more like conversational side to side now mm-hmm. because it's like if they can do it so can I absolutely and why do we give our power away to people mm. in that way as well by giving away that power and saying, and I and I do it all the time. Mm. And for so long I said, oh, my goodness, you know, like that person is so inspiring or that person is so entrepreneurial or that person is so aware. And all I was doing was projecting what was possible within me onto them. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. I love to hear that you have come to a space where you're like, Hang on, if I spot it, I got it. Yes. If I spot it, I got it, and I'm on with the journey. You Honestly, know? truth, truth be told, like I swear, I'm I'm so on that. Mm, so powerful. <laughs> Thoughts, Kelsey? Yeah, like, I, I want to like, know where we, your mind's at. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about all the Pinterest quotes I could get <laughs> from you too. <laughs> um, I want to know what you'd put on the Pinterest board. Mm. A full stop. Oosh. Because it is enough. Yeah. Enough said. So good. So good. <laughs> no. And I don't have to justify myself her. to she anybody. She needs to fill in the words herself. I don't need words. My mm. actions speak loud enough for everything. Love it. 
And Done. so much integrity. Done. Yeah, you're like, I don't need to be on this podcast. I'm just living it. Yeah. <laughs> this is another vehicle. <laughs> no, this is just an opportunity to be visible for the community. Yeah. Mm, so true. Mm. And and give other people opportunity to be visible as well. So good. Mm. Yes, bitch. All right. And then so Talk, talk to us about support. What did those support, like, what did support look like in those, because um, I feel like I, you've already, like, without saying, I think mental health has been in the far queue for a long time mm. and the communities within community for health and support mm. with that. I'm like, man, mm. what, what is your lived experience for that? Honestly, so I think, and this is a really important conversation to have because I think that there's still so much stigma and, and we're still at the place where it's like, people don't feel comfortable to share where they're at Mm. and be exposed. Um, Even though it isn't, in my mind, it's not exposing yourself. It's about standing in your truth. And so I think going through the mental health and addiction space, when I first moved here when I was 17, because I had a drug issue, I was able to access CADS, which is a community drug and alcohol service. Mm. And through there, I was able to have a psychologist, psychiatrist, counsellor and social worker work with me as an outpatient four plus times a week for 18 months. And so when I finished in that space, that and that changed my life. Like that was that was like the the real rebirth, like I was detoxing from drugs, but then I'm also on medication. I'm like for the first time in my life, I'm um, like figuring out what I like about myself and what my values are. Mm. <laughs> Never had that conversation <laughs> uh, <laughs> until that point. Um, I'm figuring out um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I ended up getting tattooed on my wrist because it's so powerful to bring awareness to my thoughts, feelings and behavior and how they all interacted to create, you know, my, what I actually, like how I was showing up in the world and to work on my impulsive nature. Um, and I think being able to have that support was so deeply profound and I felt so privileged of being able to access that, but the entry point was the addiction. And so if you didn't have an addiction, you weren't able to access that same level of support. And that's where I felt a real injustice of like, society says you need to be this bad in order to access this stuff, which is what you need to get better. And it's like, uh, that's so wrong and so not okay to just Mm. continue operating in that crisis space. So, um, yeah, and I think going through that process as well, I had a psychiatrist say to me, you're never going to hold down a full-time job, live independently or study. Like, you're so far gone. My psychosis was really bad. I thought that I was... Um, Alice from Alice in Wonderland for quite some time and I wasn't able to distinguish what was reality and what wasn't. Mm. had extreme paranoia. I heard a lot of voices um, that were, yeah, really triggering things. Um, And I would see visual hallucinations all the time. Um, And so, yeah, his kind of dish to me was that and I just thought, you know what, fuck you and your labels. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to take this shit. (laughs) It's like, that's nice, doctor. You you know, like who's at 17? Who says that to someone? You know, you've got your whole life ahead of you. In hindsight, I wonder if he said it to be like, this chick could maybe do something with that. Or if he was speaking his truth from a doctor perspective. I don't know. Anyways, I managed (laughs) project. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I decided I was going to do everything he told me I couldn't. And I ended up doing it. 
over the following like four to six years, mm. I'm ticking every one of those things off the list. But that support structure, although there was that really terrible thing that happened where he told me I was whatever, um, that did really change, save my life in that crisis point. And then I think um, out of that space, then I've really harnessed like um, I love the Māori health model of Te Whare Tapawha mm. and really making my own plan for what nurturing each pillar looks like for me. Can you delve into that a bit further for people that might not know what Te Whare Tapawha is? Yeah, so um, it's a Māori health model that looks at the four walls of well-being. Um, each wall needs to be strong for the whole house to operate really mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one wall is about your physical well-being, one well is about your whānau or your community well-being. One wall is about your spirituality and the other wall is about your mental well-being. And then sitting around that is um, the relationship and connection to the whenua, to our environment. And so um, for me, just sitting down and making sense of like, what does looking after my physical well-being look like and sound like for me mm-hmm. in the next six, 12 months. And each year I'll kind of like make a plan around how I'm going to use this model to support and strengthen my well-being. Um, and that's more self-led. And I've definitely found that there'll be things that I'll identify in that model that aren't funded that I'll need to pay for myself. Like for a while I was seeing an integrative doctor, Dr. Steve Joe, who was looking at the body through um, applied kinesiology, who was testing different body systems through alternative ways Mm. Um, and you know self-funding that was really important for me being able to move to a new level with my well-being Um, but again fully like self-funded and and I feel incredibly privileged to have been able to access a service like Dr Steve so I still think that there's some real structural barriers in place and autonomy and freedom for a person to decide how they want to strengthen their well-being outside of a uh, clinical um, medical model. Um, You're actually so right, and I don't know why it's coming like clearly as to me, but the current model almost perpetuates that, like, mm-hmm. it, it perpetuates the business of uh, of remedies and it's healthcare. De- it's a model of dependency. Yeah. It's mm. not a model of empowerment. It's, it's a, a moneymaker. It is, absolutely. Mm. And there are amazing case studies where, Things are going a bit different and, and there is some leadership where, um, you know, there is an openness to testing things a new way. But I really feel like it's so important that we really challenge what it means to build a model of empowerment and what does it look like for a young person in particular to have that freedom, the autonomy, the trust to follow what feels good and right for them to go on their journey to strengthen their well-being. I don't I'm not sure how I feel about the word like healing because it assumes that you're broken mm. and like there's something wrong with you yeah. because there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and it also like thinks that it's it's only like that that you're healed and it's done. Oh, like like well, like it's not, not a yeah. it's not a living like you like there's a continuous like reminder. It's like okay, yep, it's one helix, you're done, you're solved and I'm like mm, no. Reality is a no. Yeah. And I have to say like although all that craziness happened 11 years ago um like even just this month I've reached out to a couple of different psychologists to get an appointment because I really want to go through another transition about Mm. like where I am now and I guess who I would like to become in order to realize 
my potential and be of service. So again, outside of the traditional model, Mm. I'm going to have to fund that myself. But um, I think it's so important to be able to access what is right for you and we're going to make adjustments in our budget so that that's realistic because it's the most important thing. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely found that, you know, CADS was an amazing support structure. I think Farno around me, my husband, is the most remarkable, patient, kind, nurturing, grounded human being I've ever met. And he and I met about nine months after I moved to New Zealand, so about halfway through my treatment, and I never experienced love like that before you know just unconditional unwavering and to have one person that believes in you one person that loves you unconditionally one person that's always going to be there for you like that is everything to someone who's feeling so isolated um and rejected by society you know like I'm an an Mm. outcast at that point so um yeah it was just such a beautiful gift to have his his presence in my life through that time and many many deaths and rebirths since <laughs> i'm loving that i love that analogy because it already is like it really is that though yeah 100 percent. and rediscovering you in multiple spaces and places mm-hmm. and i think like becoming a mother as well like there was a service that the wise group had called uh women's wellness mm-hmm. and that after i had my son i started to experience some anxiety the not enough story kept coming up of like you're not a good enough mother, you're going to project all your dumb shit onto him and he'll be broken. There's all these terrible, terrible things. And so having w- women's wellness come in once a week and, like, as a new mum, helping me build confidence around the things that I was doing right so that I would have more evidence to support the belief that I am a good mother mm. than I did to support the belief that I wasn't. Oh, and it was just beautiful. so life-changing. And, again, another amazing tool that I can pick up and use in other spaces and mm. places of, like, am I gathering evidence to support a belief mm. that's holding me back and is fear-based? Am I gathering evidence to support a belief that's going to propel me forward into um, an, um, a more true expression of myself so that I can be of service and, and live out my passion and, and inspire others to do the same. So, yeah, that was a powerful support structure through, I guess, becoming a mother as well. Mm. Fully free as well, if you're a mama or know a mama. Um, definitely connect with Women's Wellness and they'll come to you. They're amazing. You don't need a doctor's referral. You can refer yourself. So very accessible and is that for all ages? Like you can go, like you don't need to, need to be so. an, an, an early mother or like, you, let's say like you have a mother, like you have kids, sorry, you have a mother, you have kids of like, <laughs> like I don't have one of those. four kids and just kidding, you're just wanting amazing. to connect. <laughs> Shut Love up, you, mom. mom. Yeah. Hard. Hi, Anne. Oh my God. Annie. How many times are you going to say her name? <laughs> <There's> some... <laughs> no, there's a nickname there. Rhymes with Annie yeah. that she hates, and I think it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> love you, mum. <laughs> Leave you alone now. <laughs> oh, she would, she would come for me. Mm. It's alright. She's a little. I can run faster than her. Have I met her? I think I have, haven't I? I think so. She's the little one. She's such she's a so such good. a good descriptor. Yeah, wow. Just the little one. It's like yeah, there's so many of those. Like. <laughs> yeah, she describes herself as fun size. Fun size, mm. love that. I got time for fun. 
<laughs> too much time <laughs> with your imp- honestly i can relate 100 percent to your impulsive um, nature because i think we both induce that in each other when we're, when we're around each other and i think it almost could be deadly because pisces and i don't know much about leo's like um perspectives on 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 how it, it induces a pisces but that's comp- i know there's something about the energy <laughs> i see and i'm just like and then when you egg me on, I'm like, nah, nah, don't do that because you already know there's no limits here. The limit does not exist. No. Goes in my world. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, boundaries. Boundaries. <laughs> it's all right. You've got a different pathway. Boundaries yeah. are amazing. That's actually something I'm really trying to work on right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is a boundary? Where and do I have them? Yeah. What and are they what for? what kind of context? Like, in your relationship and in social interactions? Like... I think, well, <laughs> I think it's not. kind of like, because there is this real, like, um, vulnerability about me, and I do really want to, I guess, be really open about where I'm at. And I feel like part of my calling and my purpose is to do that, um, so that other people have permission to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. That I think sometimes there are spaces and places where, you just need some more. I need me. You just need some more. No, Gemma, you just need some more discernment <laughs> around who do I need to be in the space, noticing mm-hmm. the context, and in other spaces, who do I need to, you know? So I think that's just my kind of journey at the moment to understand how do I still get to show up in a way that feels good and right for me, which is someone that is talking about warts and all. Um, but not to sit in the kind of like below the line victim mm. space, mm. but to be real about life. Um, to, yeah, actually, boundary here. I think, in all honesty, actually, though, I'm, I'm thinking to, I'm speaking to think the boundaries need to exist for me around work. And this, when I said before around addiction manifesting in different ways and some of the ways society says is okay and some of them society says it's not. Um, Internalised capitalism is really Mm -hmm. real for me and I think maybe some others in this room. And I think that... She just used her intake powers on me (laughs) (laughs) and she right. (laughs) Can you explain what what that is for people that might not understand? I think my understanding of it is that we just always need to be doing, achieving, creating, making, leading, executing. And if you're not, you're not productive. You're not good enough. You're not successful. worthy. You're not successful. And if what I, even is that? Come on. Exactly. And how do we get to define it for ourselves when that is different norms that mm-hmm. have been set up? And I think for me in the um, startup space, you know, startup is hustle, startup is grinding, startup is 80 hours a week, you know, and I feel like I could really prescribe to that because I'm like, the limit does not exist, you mm. know, like mm. I have no boundaries with this because I'm trying to create something here. But what I think I've learned is that you get to create, you get to execute, you get to be productive and you get to rest, you get to be, you get mm. to be in this moment. You know, I feel like the startup and creative space is very um, other dimensional. And all we have right now is this moment. Mm. And so how do we get to be 
enough in the moment and experience this moment and it be in all its glory and create something different and better and evolve and grow and develop and change. So it's this kind of like duality Mm. of this and that rather than this or that. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. What does internalized capitalism look like for you? Do you have the same definition? Mine's pretty similar. It's like you have to, there's no time for resting. Mm. There's no time for this and this and this. And I went to a conference a couple of years ago and there was a lecturer from the University of Wakato and I can't remember her name, sorry if this is you. Um, but their definition of success was pay, promotion and status attainment. Sure. And I was like, whoa. And that just like completely flipped the way that I thought about success. And then throughout the rest of that conference, whenever they were introducing anyone, it was like, they earn this much money every year. These are their titles and this is like how much status they've got within the social context of the world. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're just, like, rattling off these three things that this lecturer just said were what we deem to be successful, and they're only up there because we think that they're successful because they've got those three things. Wow. That's crazy. So that, like, flipped the way that I think about success. and Into I believe that is success? Or, no. Yeah, right. No, not you, at all. It brought your awareness to be like, yeah. that's what my definition won't be. Yeah, because that's what I was always told growing up is that you need to earn more money, you need to be earning this much money to be successful, you need to have this many, like, promotions. If you're not getting promoted every year, then obviously you're not performing. And if you don't have an, a certain level of status within the, within the world, like, who even are you? Wow. So that, like, completely flipped the way. I think it was probably, like, two years ago that I went to that conference. And it's changed the way that I think about it. I'm like, actually, what is success for me? Mm. And success for me is being happy in what I'm producing and putting out into the world. That's amazing mm. you have a definition. That's so amazing. <laughs> That's so transformational. Wow. And that, that changes and evolves. Yeah. But right now, that for me, that is. And that's a large reason why I wanted to do this podcast. That's it's so because cool. I saw with Joseph a need and a, and a gap, mm-hmm. particularly in Aotearoa, for conversations to be had that our community could mm. could be visible through mm. or being or could engage with. Mm. So true. And I have the skills and ability and space to do that. So Amazing. why not? And and where is the limit? What will be enough? Um. Well. I guess I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. I love how she's interviewing us as well. I know. I'm like, bitch, you are. No, but this is conversational. This isn't a transaction. So thank you. Mm. Yeah. But I'm trying to hustle enough now that I can just like do mahi for someone else part time Mm -hmm. and the rest for me so that I can Mm -hmm. not be a slave to the patriarchy and the system and capitalism and all that other bullshit. Um, and do more passion projects for myself. Because mm-hmm. mm. in the passion is the purpose. Mm. Yeah. And it is for the, sure. the alignment with your truest mm-hmm. expression of yourself. Yeah. And to honour that and make space for that is mm. just, that's living. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. There's another little project I'm working on at the moment as well, which is just like a, a bunch of um, women and gender diverse people within Hamilton coming together to work on a like fake editorial portrait session Yeah. of like this is what could actually be on our front of our magazines is like 
trans women and then like women so we've specifically chosen um people with very um diverse skin tones mm-hmm. um and someone who has like quite dark hair and someone who has red hair so that we can show that duality and be like actually together it's really beautiful mm-hmm. and then individually they are as well mm-hmm. so i'm really interested like it's not for a client it's just for us but Amazing. I think it'll be cool for us to be able to like, hey, look, like this is what we could actually see on the front of our magazines. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And just like offer more visibility for our community. Like some one of the models is a trans woman. And like beautiful. And Amazing. if you didn't know, you didn't when you wouldn't know. Yeah. Because it's actually none of your fucking business. It's um. so amazing. <laughs> it's new reference points too of like yeah. if you are a young person and you can't see yourself represented mm-hmm. somewhere, you're like, oh, is this not a space for me? Oh, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So to have totally that visibility agree. is so important. Yeah. Yeah. But see, like, I, I want to be doing that kind of stuff. I want to be being visible for mm. our community. Amazing. Yeah. And you are. Yeah. And it is enough. <laughs> Give me some tissues. No what about for you? What about for me? <laughs> Round table, your turn, Jessica. Yeah. What does internalized capitalism look like and sound like for you? Greed. Shit. Um. So to me, I think it's so the greed of human, um, humanity, and the greed of, um, because I feel like if we have to break down internalized, and then we have to break down capitalism for me, because I feel like. <laughs> To be internalized, like to internalize all of those things, there has to be a recipe of external influencing the internal. And then capitalists, and if we trace the genealogy of capitalists, it's from people that have and want to have more. Mm. So to me, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look, external environment that are influencing the internal environment. Mm. And that is like greed being manifested and switched on to so many different, like, this is leveled. Mm. Where we don't even understand the relationality and connection to land, people, and community, and spirituality, because that connection is so, so like, so. Sean Wilson talks about um, the greed of humanity as like a sickness, and I love that because it's an analogy that, and um, he's got a different focado around it. But what I took out from what he was saying was that if if we look at greed as a sickness and as a sickness that you can't cure, but you can find remedies to like maneuver around it mm-hmm. so kind of like i don't know how i feel about the whole remedies to move around it mm. but um to me it's just like kind of like we, we have to live with aids and we have to live with cancer we have to live with all of these things mm-hmm. greed is actually for me one of like humanity's biggest sickness that we don't talk about mm. and to a point where it's like I think that's more lethal and deadly for the greater humanity and like human humanity story than any of the other um, sicknesses that we currently live with. And that part to me is like so interesting because it's like, it's kind of changed my perspective on one, my own greed. So I will have to start with myself first. So I'm currently unpacking my own greed and where I exert my greed because I want more of it. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, um, already the first thing that comes to mind since we're already going into the deep end is my relationship with food. Mm. So it's like you, you, there's, there's, you love it and you, like for me, I love it so much. I want more of it and I want various tasting of it. And I see that as like, oh, I was taught that. Mm. And I like there's a scarcity behind it where it's like, if I don't eat enough now, it's like, will I ever get any more? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, honey, <laughs> 
yeah, we are exploiting the, our natural resources, but there is enough food <laughs> currently to, to, to suffice. Mm. But like that type of thinking, nuanced over every sector of the world, every mm. financial like economy in the world, every like it's just when you think of it, like, and it, it is could be like big cloud thinking and all of those things. But in all honesty, greed manifested through humanity is the biggest sicknesses that I the, well, the biggest sickness that I think that we're not talking about. Because if we think about all of our policies and all of those these things, I'm like, who actually benefits from this? Mm. Who actually benefits from all of our weaknesses, all of our? And you'll find that there's there's a, there's a certain there's a certain body of community that that exists at the top, mm. and that hierarchy has just manifested so to so many different islands uh, across different seas, and mm. I'm not sure how to. It's like I, I know that my purpose isn't to chase and counterbalance and f- put out fires of that narrative. My purpose is to exist and know that my existence is enough because, mm. like, that's the part where I'm like, mm, I'm not, I'm not here to fix anybody but myself. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm so happy that my colorful story. <laughs> is actually touching because people actually are like, oh, you're cool. And it's like, it's kind of validating, but I'm like, I, I, I think I already know that. Mm. And I've known that for a while, but it's mm. like, it's almost Owning like reminding it. yourself as well. And, and yeah. taking up space with it. Mm. I, this is me. Yeah. And I think you could see, you could actually see that as well. I feel like, well, I don't know. What, what, what could you see a growth since the last time we, we met? Oh yeah. <laughs> since the last time we matched. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you came along to Seed, I mean, I was just, we reached out and had coffee actually, mm. didn't we? Yeah. And then I was just like, wow, I think I'm, I am a seer of potential. Yeah. I am the seer of, I think I see what could be and what is maybe. Um, and I think recognizing the greatness that was in you, um, I, I think it's been a journey of you remembering that that greatness has always been there. Mm. And um, I think to see the shifts and changes that has happened over the last couple of years is just so amazing, Joe, and testament to you doing the inner work and mm. doing the inward piece of like... No, you need to be quiet there because I feel like we need to stop your rudeness right there. You cannot talk to the people about inner work because I feel like in a way you actually need to talk about it. Like inner work is so much harder and so much more exposing than people think it is. Like they actually like I I was worried about my assignments. I still am. Um, But I was worried about all of these extra stuff and I'm like actually you need to get right with the self first oh my gosh this is absolutely where it's at a thousand percent and I feel like I really resonate with that like over the last couple of years being like oh you know I just need to I'm too busy to meditate I'm too busy to journal oh do you know I'm a mum oh do you know that I'm an entrepreneur do you know that I sit on a board do you, you know, like just like all this external world stuff that you're just like, bitch, sit the fuck down. Every, you are not unique. You are not unique. You know, like so having some hard truths of like everyone got their shit, you know, and the real re- realization of like I am using things in my outer world, you know, like work, volunteering, motherhood, friend, whatever, to... um distract yes. myself f- 
from what mm-hmm. it is I actually need to do. And I keep, you know, doing the housework, writing another thing, writing a report, doing a strategy, whatever. When what I really, the thing I need to do most is just sit still and notice, what am I feeling? If I tune inward, what have I been avoiding? If I drop into my body and breathe and use my senses to arrive in this moment, where am I at? Honestly, Gemma, where am I at? And then by doing that, being able to calm down, being able to arrive, find peace and stillness, happiness, gratitude, peace, whatever, that was never, ever going to be found through the next job, the next leadership role, the next public speaking event, the next anything in that outside space. Do you know what I mean? It all comes from within. Mm. And it's when we go inward and and have the discipline or devotion. I don't really like the word discipline. It seems very, eh. but devotion <laughs> seems a little bit Love. more like, okay, I can, I can work with devotion. If we have the devotion to ourselves, then we can actually find what it is that we're looking for in all that outer world space. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But this is, a, you know, like, the things that I'm talking about are not new. Yes. This is not new. This is just, again, raising the visibility of important com- like important things. Like, fuck algebra. What about... Oh, my God. I about- failed twice. <laughs> <sighs> what about how to connect deeply with self? And Algebra actually connects to self, though. Oh, okay, science. The flower, the, f- no, okay. the flower of life, yeah. algebra. Okay, true. So, but like, but Shit. it's just a different language, though. Like, so I have to admit, like, it, I understand I'm where you're coming from. It's a different language to express, yeah. and maybe we just don't speak the language of algebra. Well, well what was uh, what was the connection and learning about the flower of life to the reality of life, rather than like, do you know what I mean? There's Beautiful. no bridge. Built. I like that. I like that. You know, like, oh, this is relevant because it connects to this truth. That was so. I heard that. That, and I said that so many times throughout high school. Why am I actually ever going to use this in my life? Mm. How am I going to use this? What relevance does this have to life after high school? Mm. It's just, you just said to me this so that you can take your curriculum boxes and I can just pass a test. Mm-hmm. Cool, sweet. I'm not actually interested. No. Oh, but I have to because society tells me that if I want to be successful, I have to get university entrance. I have to go to tertiary study. Mm-hmm. Wait, so... Fuck I- you. Do you guys reckon that there's like a whole generation of us at this space where we're just questioning mm. the um, like like the all the structures in place? Okay. So when you're well, like, I guess um, I'm taking Our a book out of um, Gemma's book and I'm looking futuristically. Mm. If this like when we become adults, what do we pass on to our kids? A thousand percent. Mm. And if we don't have the skills and tools to be aware and navigate, hang on, how, who am I and how do I show up in the world? And then from that place, what decisions do I make and how do they cause a ripple? Yeah. Then you're going to pass on the same programming to your kids. That's why I, I feel Done. really aligned at the moment with my work around like really believing in the potential of young people to change the world because the young people, they're, they're becoming parents. They're choosing their careers. And one day they're going to be the parents, the decision makers, the leaders, the employees or whatever Mm. and it's those little those little decisions that we make that cause these fucked up structures to Mm -hmm. to exist you know because they're coming from a place we're making decisions from a place of unhealed 
there's that word again, but, um, you know, unreconciled brokenness within us or unreconciled trauma within us and not not ever having the um, the skills, tools, or opportunities to alchemize that pain or heal that mm. pain or overcome and acknowledge that pain to move to a place of um, a new level of consciousness where you make better decisions mm. or loving decisions or, yeah. Can I also just ask as well, because I feel like um, you were talking about how the, this, this information isn't new, right? Yeah. So if I if if I'm to like kind of manifest that that like that's one hundred percent the truth, mm. why do you reckon the powers that be have not educated that like and nuanced that through all our educational system? Because it's not new, and you're right. Like I think mm. the the last time I dived into like literature around um, consciousness mm. and evolving self and being enlightened and all of those things, one in all of our indigenous cultures two, it's been in the literature since the 1800s. Darwin mm. even talked about this. Einstein even talked about this. All of these Darwin big... and Einstein was cis white straight men. No, but that's what I'm saying is that like, it's, it's been around. So it's been around in the indigenous space as well as the, um, the white, um, the, the academy. Mm. So why is this not, you know what I mean? Like we have to almost question the systems. Why, if, if it's been around, why have they not used it? Why have they not, really shared that type of enlightenment with the rest of the world and why is that not accessible and free for everybody do you know what i mean i think it's yeah well you can because if we if if everybody had that agency to be self-determining and to you know have the ability to find their own consciousness within the world then all three of us could be like oh actually hey white man you ain't actually got it right hey um Here's 500 other minorities beside me that believe the same thing. I think you should get out. It's not going to serve the, like, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important to get curious and understand, okay, if we were to go and ask a whole lot of people this question, what would they say? Mm. You know, like how do we start to de- deconstruct the problem? Mm. And then I think as well, like, if this is something that sets your soul on fire, what are you doing about it? Yeah. You know, like, where are you raising awareness? Where mm. are you spreading consciousness or a new new reference points of consciousness? What are you doing to overcome the component that is in that is within you that's capable of doing some of those things? Do you know what I mean? It's like... How do I get to fall in love with the problem? And also, if this is something that is a real injustice and something that really fires me up, how do I get to activate that to support the change I want to see in the world? Mm. And I feel like it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yes. If we're only noticing things in the literature or only starting to talk about these things in the last couple of hundred years, well, things have been going on for a wee while. So, you know... (laughs) Uh, we, we're playing a longer game. And so I think I make peace. I, I definitely felt for a long time like I had this real intense sense of urgency of like, everything's fucked. You know, like yeah. <laughs> literally everything's fucked. Like, what are we going to do about it? I'm a real doer. You know this. <laughs> you know this. this. Um, and so really being able to kind of <clears throat> slow down and go, okay, hang on. What is it that I I really want to commit to? And um, how can I approach, if we're talking about systemic change, Mm. 
that's not going to be an overnight yeah, you're right. situation, you know? So it's like, how do I honor the years of input from the people before me? Because there have been people championing work yeah. for decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, that you know, that's why it's like we're not – special or unique in kind of starting this now but how do we get to continue on and learn from what they've done to continue carrying the torch and knowing that there's another generation and another generation coming through that will continue that work you Mm. know um and i think more spiritually and energetically that there's like yin and yang good and bad whatever going on always and it's the duality of life it gives us the um it gives me, anyways, it gives me those moments of spark of like, okay, that's really pissing me off because that ain't right. And it's giving me it's giving me a gift of energy or momentum or inspiration for change. So, mm. yeah, I think for a while I thought that like there was just like this utopia place <laughs> where everything was good. Brainwashed mm. religious upbringing. Um <laughs> Exposed. No, um, that's the book club. Yeah, we do not belong in the book club. Yeah, no, I've no. Never been invited to the book club. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, really, just accepting that there is a duality in life of like yin and yang, whatever it is, however you want to explain it, mm. you know. No, yeah, I like that because I think in a way that's something that that a lot of our brothers and sisters who are bringed up, brought up, sorry, in the religious um, conditioning and cloak. Um, have really pushed for, and I think that's nuanced through all these different societies, Mm -hmm. Um, the doctrine of discovery really exposed that, which I loved because it was like, (laughs) it basically just exposed that they literally were just going to all these different islands to save them for God. Wow. And God was the answer. Wow. And I'm like... According to who? Well, according to the intelligence, and they proved it. And the sad thing is that there were soldiers that were just following orders. Mm. And that's the part where I was like, oh, that's what blind faith is, mm-hmm. like literally. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. I feel like you've, 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 you've spilt a lot of tea and, um, you know, we've, we've, we've covered a lot of um, ground here, internal capitalism, um, inner work, and then also support <laughs> in communities and community. But um, out of all of that, or if, if not, you, it might inspire something new. What do, you belo- what do you think is already in the far queue that needs to be brought forward? or conversations, or issues, or anything at all? Yeah, I think we need to keep having conversations around what it means to shift consciousness. Mm. And I feel like those words might seem a bit scary to some people, like what even is consciousness? What does it mean to shift it? I think we need to normalize talking about this kind of stuff so that we get to um, understand what it means for us in our own journey of self-discovery, um, self-responsibility um, and how we can really be a service to change the world. And I think as well, like I've got a big heart for the mental health and addiction space. And I think often like someone like me doesn't usually get put in a box or category with like schizophrenia or bipolar or addiction, drug, ad- substance abuse, whatever. And I think it's important to really keep talking about what, the different communities are within the community of mental distress mm. so that when we do experience mental distress, we have the um, confidence to be able to talk about it with someone and reach out for that support because it is good and normal to reach out for support when we experience that. Mm. 
that struggle. Yeah. Honestly, I love that because um, I think we were already talking about this, but um, going back to the seed analogy, the seed already knows in its entirety, and that's just about the like the natural progression of growth. The seed already knows that it will become a big, long motherfucking tree. And they, there's no way that that's going to stop it. And it's not going to, like, time is not allowed for that. Like, you know, it's like, regardless, that seed will become a tree. Mm. And I think that's, like, when you're talking about consciousness, it's almost understanding that you're born with intelligence. Yeah. And you're born with natural intelligence yes. that will guide you to wherever you need to go. And yes. the how doesn't matter. It's about fathoming that imagination or fathoming that new reality for yourself that's so true remembering remembering that you are an incredible human being and you always have been Mm. and that there's different situations and structures that you've been involved in that's taken that power away and you get to remember that you are whole that you are fucking amazing you are unique you are worthy you are enough all those things and that's not just for a specific group of people. Yeah. We all are enough. Mm. Thoughts, Kelsey, or mm. final words? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like, I really want to talk with your Fakaro, and I, I totally agree with like everything you've said. I, um, I've had a few of my own mental health challenges through the years, but never anything is like that I I never felt like I could ask for help. Um, and I just kind of like soldiered through. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty grateful that I could do it and I just got through it and you just like, keep going. Mm. Um, but I think that, that you sharing your story and your experiences in that space is really powerful for anybody, young people, older, like elderly, whatever, Mm. to know that they can ask for help if they need it. And I like so wish that there was someone when I was Mm. a teenager Mm. that was willing to have those conversations. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Can I just say like to like close off this because I think we've talked about like a lot of really intense yeah you know just like sunday avo like thoughts um but i think just for anyone listening to know that when we talk about this mental health and addiction space it's just so important to know that you can do hard things and that that was something that i would have up on the wall for me to remind myself like you can do hard things Mm -hmm. and to to really know that when it's hard, mm. gives you the the confidence maybe or clarity to keep taking another step forward. Mm. So if that's you and you're listening, you can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And if you have been listening and you feel like you need some support, we will link some resources Amazing. down below as well. Beautiful. The fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Thank you, Gemma. If people want to engage with you, where can they find you on online, on the Instagram, on the where 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 yeah. can they find you? I actually just started my wellbeing project on Instagram, Ooh. which is where I break the stigma, push the boundaries, and share my journey of remembering who I am. Oh, so nice. give me a follow. What's your handle? At my wellbeing project. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and I pose lots of challenges and stuff. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to look it up. Okay, we in, we in, fam, we in. Yeah. Come with me on the journey. Very cool. Is there anything else you want to plug? Um, oh, if you're in Kirikiriroa or in the Waikato region, I run an organisation called Seed Waikato, and we run amazing... Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Incredible. No. Uh, no. Groundbreaking. Oh, no, God, stop. Uh, so we create spaces and places where young people can connect with other like-minded people and learn some really inspiring things to support them on their well-being journey. Mm. So, um, yeah, now my Heidi Maya, it'd be awesome to see you at a Seed Wakato event. Cool. Thanks oh. for coming in, Gemma. Oh, that's okay. You Thanks for it. inviting me. You heard it from this major <laughs> herself, or a major come through. You, there's some major marks coming through. Thank you. All right, bye. See you next week. Bye, Sabrina.